Well, we talked yesterday about uh, groaning within our bodies, in our minds, our spirit, our heart, groaning, waiting for our adoption as sons. But now there's an interesting verse that says that the spirit groans within us. What's that all about? Let's, uh, Let's explore it, shall we? Colin Cook here, and how it happens. Thanks for joining me today. You're listening to the good news of the gospel described in the book of Romans. You can join me every Monday through Friday to explore this book. We go through it every year and a half, and then we start all over again. Why? Well, because it is limitless in its application and its meaning, and we find ourselves constantly discovering new information, new understanding of the gospel and of how our faith works. You can join me on KLTT uh, radio at, at uh, 10 o'clock in the evening, repeated at four in the morning on uh, in the Denver and uh, Colorado and surrounding states areas. But you can also listen on SoundCloud, an app that you can download a free app, soundcloud.com forward slash faithquest. That's soundcloud.com slash faithquest or on Podbean. You can uh, find that uh, at faithquest.podbean.com. Well, and by the way, of course, you can hear that uh, the broadcast then any time of the day or night at your convenience. And there's loads of archives there on those, uh, pod, uh, on those uh, apps as well. So here we are then, looking in Romans chapter 8, which is a chapter on life in the kingdom of grace as living in the resurrection of Jesus by faith. Now, I mentioned to you that uh, we have that verse that says, For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs until now. And so... Um, there is a longing within creation to to uh, be born again, to be reborn, to be redeemed. Uh, many people don't, most people, of course, don't know that, that that is the emotion deep within them. They have lots of secondary emotions owing to circumstances of life, but they don't realize that deep, deep down is that creation that God made and that has not been fulfilled, and it groans for release and liberty and liberation. That's what we need to identify so that we can come to God with these groans and say, Lord God, I'm feeling this, I'm feeling that, and I'm feeling the other, but I really realize that the emotion that is deepest in my heart is this longing to be redeemed, this longing for you to restore my sonship, to... to, uh, Uh, so that I can enter into my adoption as a son or daughter of God. But then comes this verse, which is really intriguing. Likewise, he says, the Spirit also helps our weaknesses. This is verse 26 of chapter 8 of Romans. Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Wow, that is so intriguing and mysterious. What it's saying then is that we are not only groaning within our own heart as human beings, but the Spirit of God is groaning within us. Because the Spirit of God too 
God himself longs and waits and wants us to become the full complement of his sons and daughters. He wants us to be redeemed. He wants us to finally be incorruptible and uh, uh, without any sin or uh, anything going on in us that is wrong. He knows that we cannot do that. It's his work. And he knows that at the coming of Jesus, he's going to give us incorruptibility and immortality. But in the meantime, the Spirit of God, like Jesus, when he was, uh, you remember, uh, just before he raised Lazarus, his spirit groaned within him, and he te- he cried up, uh, cried out, he teared up. And uh, why? Because he was seeing the suffering of human beings and all this terrible pain that humanity is going through and longs for its redemption. And for some reason, God has a timetable and a schedule that uh, even he um, longs for to be fulfilled and yet must uh, do certain things first, which is to redeem, of course, the whole human race. And so this groaning of the Spirit is tremendously comforting to us. It means that God and we are in a sort of symphony of sorrow. We know what is uh, going on in our heart and our woundedness and our families and our brokenness, and he does too, and we groan together. Well, this tells us something then about our prayer life. I mean, we sometimes come to God as if we knew what we were talking about, right? I mean, we we come to God with all our petitions and all our needs and the needs of our families and the needs of our friends and the needs of the world and nations who are in famine or terrible uh, plights, and we come to God with these issues. But it is also true that we know that a lot of our prayers are not going to be answered. Isn't that so? I mean, we know that, don't we? And uh, Jesus said, the poor you have always with you. It's a mystery why he would allow the poor to be always with us, but they are. And I get a number of different calls from overseas uh, asking for help, you know, in uh, developing countries, this little ministry of faith quest perspectives. It's happened for years. Sometimes I can fulfill that need. Most times I cannot. And this is a groaning within my spirit. Sometimes when I eat a meal, I'm thinking of people that I know, that I really know personally, cannot eat a meal. And, uh, uh, you know, there are some that uh, this ministry supplies help to, but then there are others who are friends of the people that I supply help to, and they want help too. Well, the ministry just cannot uh, go on extending itself all the time. At least maybe my faith is too limited, but I can't do it. And so there's a groaning within me. And that groaning, I think, is from the Spirit also, because it's at least an urge to pray, to pray for the people who uh, are in so much need, who cannot afford the next meal, who don't even have enough to be able to start up their little businesses that they have as visions to do. Well, you see, this tells us that we do not always know what we ought to pray about. And take note of the verse again. Um, Where is it now? Yes. Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses. Now, that is referring to our weaknesses in regard to prayer. 
for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. So let's supposing it's morning time or evening time and you're about to go into some prayer time with the Lord, but you really don't know what to pray about. Not Well, put it another way, there are too many things to pray about, and it just seems like an overwhelming responsibility. What do you do? You pause, you stop, and you let the groaning and the heaviness happen, because that is the work of the Holy Spirit within you. Don't ask me how... It all works out then, so what does the groaning do? Maybe it leads us to more prayer, maybe it leads us to more faith, maybe it leads us to action, maybe it leads us to a faith that says, Lord, I have to hand this all over to you because because I cannot possibly fulfill all the needs that come my way. But do you see then that we need not, in fact, when we try to be all nice and uh, sort of, what shall I say, know what we're talking about in prayer, we are probably being insincere. If we know the needs of families and the woundedness of our children and the needs of the world and friends and so on, we don't know what to pray about. We ask for God's help. We ask for it every day, perhaps, but it doesn't always come through, does it? And we groan and we are confused. Let that confusion be part of your prayer to God. Lord, I am confused. Why do you not come through for me? Where is your might and power of former days? Why do you not listen to your people? Have you rejected us? You know, this is the kind of praying that Jeremiah did and others. They complained to God, and that complaining was part of their groaning, obviously, And so we need that kind of honesty as well, and we need to stop trying to be smarmy, sweet, and nice Christians who smell good but stink inside. I mean, I'm sorry to be so crude, but the fact is realism must come through in our prayer life. We can complain that God hasn't come yet, that Jesus hasn't yet returned. Why, Lord, have you not redeemed this world? Don't you realize how much it is suffering? These are complaints that others made in the Scriptures, and so may we. To put it another way, then, which I've also already alluded to, it is actually God asking us to join Him in His pain, to join Him in His groaning. He wants to redeem the world. He wants to see everybody saved, and His want will be fulfilled. He has a plan for that, and we shall see that very, very clearly when we come to Romans 9 through 11. But in the meantime, the pain of God is intense, and yet the love of God is so great that he bears that pain, and that love comes into our hearts too so that we can bear the pain as well. But let us not think that God is all uh, full of joy and happiness as he is. That's the, the wonder and miracle and mystery of God. He is all joy, and yet he is all sorrow because of what's going on in the world. And the suffering of Christ is one, is the major expression of God's sorrow. The suffering of Jesus Christ is the suffering of God. Make it 
clear to your heart then that God is not sitting up there as if he knew nothing of our pain. He joins in it with us. Let's read the verse again. Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And I assume that that means with groanings that cannot be interpreted, cannot be understood. It's all right for us to come before God and say, Father, I feel a heaviness in my heart today, but I have no clue what it's really about. Everything's going well with my work or my finances or my family or my friends, but I feel such a heaviness. And you, the world may call it depression. We know it is the groanings of the Spirit within us. And so we say, Father, Lord, I join you in your sorrow, because I also join you in your joy. We are working together, dear God, because you have given me the privilege of being your child of being adopted into your family, and therefore I share all the business of the family. That's what we do. We are God's children. We're part of the plan. We're part of the the, the uh, crisis. We're part of the salvation. So what about it? A different kind of praying, perhaps, for a while, or maybe for a long time. It's always a pleasure to be with you. Uh, next uh, week, we will start, we'll just have a break from Romans and we'll do some thoughts on Christmas. So join me then. And please, if you can help with this ministry financially, it would be so very much appreciated. Each program costs $15, uh, I mean, <laughs> $39 per 15 minutes, $200 for a week's programs, nearly $900 for uh, a month's programs. You can send your donations to Faith Quest. P.O. Box 366, Littleton, Colorado 80160. That's FaithQuest, P.O. Box 366, Littleton, Colorado 80160. Or make your donation online at faithquestradio.com, faithquestradio.com. Thanks so much then for all your support and your little notes. I do appreciate them a lot. I'll see you next time. Cheerio and God bless.